This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. is Pro Wrestling Indie Straight at a love letter to independent professional wrestling from PWI Magazine. I am one of your hosts, PWI Editor-in-Chief Kevin McElvaney. With me, as always, the good witch, the triple goddess, Kaya McKenna. Kaya, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Good? <laughs> Pretty good. I, you know, I, you, yeah, you, you, you know, you may notice that it's a little dark here, and we've got our guest here in a minute, and <laughs> There's been a lot that's been standing in the way of us recording this 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 conversation. I've really wanted to talk to our guest today. Um, the latest of which, there's a power outage here at the PWI offices right before we're about to start recording. We're going to do our best to get through this uh, because this is a conversation that I really do want to have. Uh, but Robert Martyr is joining us. Unfortunately, Robert, my uh, <laughs> magic powers do not extend to restoring Wi-Fi. Sorry. No, I guess not. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I'm definitely good. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I'm a big fan of the show, so I'm glad that I'm here. We can talk about whatever you want, so let's go. <laughs> I mean, before we proceed, do you have any magic spells that can turn power back on? Because um, I've heard about tush tush, open, <laughs> but that's never worked, so I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, we have a lot that we want to talk to you about, but I, I, Kaya brought something up right before the power went out here that I think is of interest. And honestly, it's fed in pretty strongly to what you've had going on here in 2023. And I, Kaya, I, why don't you, why don't you uh, address that point again? And we'll go from there. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I believe that it was restival new year's weekend this year, and you had a match for prestige against Anthony Henry. And it was a war. It felt like a 20-minute war, and he really beat you, like <laughs> beat you down on the outside. And the thing that stuck out to me the most about that is that you were so resilient, and you did not give up, and you got back in the ring, and you pushed him to his limits. And it felt like that night, like that was a big turning point for you in your professional wrestling career and has kind of put you onto the trajectory that you've, that you're on currently and have been on for the past few months. Do you mind uh, filling us in a little bit on that? Well, yeah, uh, that was my last match of 2022. So rest of a weekend, I had like, I don't know. I felt I had had like a good year for myself, like the best year I had had up to that point. But prestige wrestling was my only booking that weekend. It was my only shot to make an impression. And I really felt like, you know, it was my first time in the White Eagle. It was my first time, um, you know, in, in that area in Massachusetts in general. So I felt like either I put my entire body on the line, I put my soul in the ring, or I go home, you know, forgotten, you know. And, and I felt like at the time, Anthony Henry, like, he knew who I was because, you know, we had met previously. I, I did ring crew for Evolve back in the day. Uh, 
So he had definitely seen me around, but I feel like he still saw me as that 14-year-old kid and not, you know, the 20, the 22-year-old I, I am right now. And, uh, yeah, I've never been pushed that physically in a match. Like, I, I genuinely, I, 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 you know, sometimes I'll watch that match back just to see the people in the audience's reaction to the things that were happening. Um, there was this moment where he snapped Meredith. Like Go ahead, you cut out a little bit. Yeah, that kick. It was very oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. Like you could feel feel it in the air, like the tension after he kicked you. Like people were like, Oh, oh shit. Like I thought at least like, to happen? like yeah, you could tell people were like you really made them suspend their disbelief in that moment. And I was like, This is pretty cool. Like I've not seen people this invested in a minute. Like it was awesome. It was it was interesting because they weren't exactly like on their feet the entire time up until the end, they were just more like in shock of what they were watching, which I think is like a very rare emotion for wrestling fans to have. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, what's going on? Uh, but it, it, that's the, really the big thing. When he kicked me in the back, I think I saw like 15 people in the crowd do this. Um, and I, you know, it was very, it was very interesting. Um, as far as my career goes, I think it was a very pivotal moment. Yeah, I, I, since then you've just you know sort of continued to challenge yourself. Uh, I know I'm going to forget some names, but particularly at Prestige because you've you had that huge match with Minoru Suzuki, absolute legend, one of the hardest hitters out there. Uh, Timothy Thatcher, another incredibly hard hitting wrestler. Both of these guys are also very technically adept, and I know that's that's a huge thing for you as the the classic scientific wrestling. Um, it one thing that hasn't happened with some of these matches is for you to rack up these big career changing wins. Um, but at the same time, I think in a, a way, and I mean, I, I, I think back to something like ECW with Mikey Whipwreck, right? So he, he was this just inspirational Rocky type figure. He was not winning match after match after match until he did start to win the matches and they, they really, mattered because the fans are behind them. And I, I see this groundswell now where you're, you know, you're this underdog and you've gotten your ass kicked a bunch of times. What do you think it takes for this to, to turn around for you to really, you know, you're getting this attention, but how does it really work in your favor where you can start capturing these championships and, and being seen as one of these high level independent performers? You know, Kevin, that's a good question. Cause I really don't know the answer. Yeah. I've, really tried everything i've tried you know i've tried being mean i've tried putting my entire body on the line in every match i've tried antagonizing i've i've tried using the fans and their motivation as as fuel and everything just just hasn't worked and i think he, the big difference between me and mikey whipwreck was that he only wrestled steve austin once i'm wrestling five of them consistently you know you have to look at the talent pool that i'm getting in the ring with i'm getting in the ring with one of the best ever minoru suzuki i'm getting in the ring with arguably one of the best technical wrestlers of all time in timothy thatcher daniel garcia who's a mainstay in AEW. you know Vinny massaro a guy who's been a legend in the independent wrestling scene for i don't know how long i i'm not how do i put this man because I, I i'm not i I truly believe I'm able to hang with these guys, and I've shown that. It's just the fact that I just can't figure out a way. 
and it's resulted in in a stipulation. Daniel Garcia, um, someone who was my mentor at one point, said, "If I can't win another match in Prestige, I'm done." And you know what? I accept. It's fair. I mean, there's plenty of other people that would love the spot that I'm in, right? There's plenty of people that would would kill for the spot that I'm able to have. And if I don't put any numbers up, I'm just a body at the end of the day. And all I want to be is the best professional wrestler I can be. You know, and it's interesting because you're put into this situation at a, a particularly difficult, uh, just precarious time. I mean, let's, let's not mince words here. It's really put up or shut up time because there's this massive rivalry that has been brewing between uh, Prestige, which primarily based on the West coast, but of course it's, it was, there was an event at rest of all there, there've been events in uh, New Jersey as well. Um, and then revolver, which is primarily based out of the Midwest, but has really been rapidly expanding um, Two very significant. We'll, we'll call them super indies for lack of a better word, because these are, these are independent promotions that have their, their regional reliable talent who are there every single time, but they also bring in some really big names from across the globe. Um, this ha- is really the talk of the independent wrestling community in a lot of ways. And then here you are facing off against Jake Christ. And look, the power has come back on. <laughs> Told you it would work. Yeah, you know, eventually. <laughs> did, the, did, did the name Jake Christ do it? We may have to thank <laughs> Jake <laughs> Christ himself, who yeah. felt the difference in the air. But go, continue. Yeah, so we have, you know, this match coming up, and this is the newly minted, newly crowned Revolver champion in Jake Christ. And and then here you are, if you're going to continue your your career in prestige, you have to beat him. So what are you thinking heading into this match? Well, it's actually not the first time I've wrestled Jake Chris. Mm -hmm. The second time I've wrestled Jake Chris. I wrestled Jake Chris in the first ever Circle Six show, Skewer, Mm -hmm. back in 2022. And that match was a big, very eye-opening to me because I was very aware of Jake. I remember all of his time and, you know, or, you know, uh, mid 2010s of East at CZW. And, 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 you know, he's, he's really been a guy that I always felt was ignored. A guy that I felt like had so much more to offer than what he was let to do. And, um, he's literally a true, like veteran that's been around. Um, but it helps at least for me, that I've it, this isn't the first time I've been in the ring with him. I know how Jake is. Um, I, I even remember the Chris combination that he hit me with to beat me. You know, I can remember that. I can look back on that. And I think that's the one thing I've had that's an advantage over the past, previous matches that I had. Because, you know, I had never been in the ring with Minoru Suzuki. I would never been in the ring with any of these people prior. But with Jake, I have. And I'm a completely different wrestler than I was back then. So I think this might be my advantage. Obviously, yes, he's the Revolver champion. Right. But again, I've wrestled as many big guys, as many names, as many legends as he has. But, you know, that's the thing. You're coming into this match now. Not only have you wrestled Jake Chris before, you've wrestled Minoru Suzuki before. You've wrestled Daniel Garcia, who's, you know, at another level right now as well. Timothy Thatcher. You've gotten into there, into the ring with some of the best out there. And then you're bringing that experience on top of everything else. Um, I, I would have to hope 
uh, I mean, maybe not for your sake, for Jake Chris's sake, that he has been setting up with what you've been doing because that luck has to has to tip in your favor at some point. Um, and you do have these experiences that you can bring in there now. That, that's a big thing, too, just because of, like, it isn't just my career now. It's it's the pride thing. Um, I don't know the tensions that are going to be in that building because I, I'm aware that there's going to be some other re revolver representatives there. So I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what the morale is going to be like if I lose. You know, not only am I going to walk out of prestige and be done, um, if I lose, I'll also be letting down the place that gave me a shot in the first place. Um, and if you really look at my career, prestige is really one of the only places to put that rocket on my back and give me a shot. So if I let them down, I don't know what I'll do. It's a very interesting climate in which this match is occurring as well, because there's been a little bit of a competition lately between revolver and prestige and it throws you right into the middle of that battle in a sense you know and, and it's been it's been crazy i mean they sent brian keith to pr prestige um you know alan angels decided he didn't want to be a part of prestige anymore and now is a revolver guy um we've had so many conflicts and alex shelley also being in the middle of it because he is the remix champion and he also is the prestige wrestling champion on top of the impact champion that brings everything kind of together. So it's just this mix of different places of who's watching and who could be seeing me in these moments, you know? Um, but honestly, for me, this is just about proving that I deserve to be here and that not only that I can hang, that I can beat the best because I've proven I can hang over and over and over again. But, you know, Kevin and Kaya, you know, more well than anybody that hanging isn't going to get you money. Hanging isn't going to get you where you need to be. It's just showing that I'm able to be here. I need to excel if I want to be where I'm at. So. And there, it's interesting too, because one thing that when I first talked about having you on this show with Kaya, right away she's on board. And one of the first things that she mentioned is what a student of you know, student of the game is kind of a cliche at this point, but she talked about like, you'd be at an event, like on your phone, taking notes. Didn't you say like a notebook doing tape or something? Study in my rental car, I'm talking to you, but you're just doing tape study. And I'm just like, all right, he's in the zone. It's fine. <laughs> but always absorbing information. And like, you're just a sponge for it. And it doesn't stop. Like it's 24 seven, it seems. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of become a meme at this point of just me being at professional wrestling shows, watching professional wrestling, preparing for a professional wrestling match, you know? So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of been this thing. I mean, I get it because I'm so enthralled, you know, like you said, Kevin, there's a lot of, you know, students of the games thrown around, but like, I kind of have like this weird reputation of just always watching wrestling and being a part of wrestling. Um, like you said, Kai, I was Not even trying to be, Exactly. Like, I wasn't even trying to be like, a, you know, ignore you. It was just like, oh, man, I have this match. <laughs> not take offense to it. No, and, and, and it's 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 crazy. You're I, like, like, hold up one second, Kaya. Jumbo Saruto is about to murder somebody, and I got to watch. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. But yeah, like. Good. And that's 
feel like I, I feel like I get it from my grandmother because I, I guess my, my journey to get like learning about pro wrestling was a lot different from others. I didn't know what WWE was till I was maybe 13 or 12. You know, I had no idea. I didn't know who John Cena was, Undertaker, none of those guys. I knew who Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio were. You know why? Because I had the AAA tapes from the 90s, and that was my exposure to professional wrestling. I didn't know anything about WWE until I got older and found it on TV. So my Undertaker was La Parca, okay? My Eddie Guerrero, you know, was when I finally watched WWE and they announced him as the same name, I was like, that's the same guy? You know, I watched Rey Mysterio when he was 16 in those early tapes, and then I see him as world champion when I'm watching WWE. You know, it, it's my exposure to wrestling was completely different. Kevin, you know Roy Lucier. If you ever yeah. shout out to Roy, my grandmother was a tape trader and t- and traded with Roy. I found this out. At, that's so at, cool. Yeah, that's that. That's it has his name on it. I it, I literally went back like two weeks ago and and like. Got some of the tapes. I had. I was watching uh, Fuerza Guerrero versus El Dandy in EMLL, 92, a good year. Uh, and uh, it had Roy Lucier smack dab in the middle, write his name. So, uh, you know, my grandmother used to go to uh, Mexico sometimes, and she would go to those shows and take pictures. So I literally have some pictures of, you know, uh, um, man, Los Gringos Locos, uh, La Parca, uh, Liz Mark Jr., you know, all of those guys, I have photos of them, like authentic photos probably nobody's ever seen before. Just because- so this is yeah, this is wild to me. And I the, so the, the uh, eagle eyed viewers will notice that the power went out again <laughs> somewhere in yeah. the middle of all that for me. Um, so we're just going to go with it. But it's probably hard to tell. But my mouth was just wide open for a lot of that, because that is a very, very unconventional path to uh wrestling and honestly you're probably going to get uh kaya weighing in here with getting into yave talk again so it's going to get <laughs> yeah i was going to say do you i was going to say do you think that your exposure to that at such a young age and that sort of being your entry point was a heavy influence on the style in which you currently wrestle which is very technical based and very yave based absolutely and i think like another thing too is my my uncle uh he liked wrestling at one point but then he kind of fell out of it and he had all these Ring of Honor and Chikara tapes and uh, early CZW. Jeez, man, everything. Michinoku Pro on DVD for some reason. I think it was burned. Like, he had all these things. He was like, I don't wow. really watch them. You want them? I'm like, of course I want them. Yes, I don't know what this is, but I'll watch it. And that's how I found out about Brian Danielson, Chris Hero. Um, man, like so many people. Homicide, Kenta, uh Kenta Kobashi, yeah. I, I literally was exposed to all of this wrestling. And I knew I was talking to my friends about Chris Hero when I was in ninth grade, and they I had no idea who I was talking about. You know, I was like, you gotta find this guy named Chris Hero, he's the best. And they're like, I know Batista. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, so I always I'm gonna make myself of- sound old for a second. When I was in ninth grade, like I remember you would order DVDs from Ring of Honor. And that was how I knew about Chris Hero. And like there wasn't Twitter. There was there was there's MySpace and Friendster, I think, at this time period. That was like a thing, right? But um, you would just sit at your desk and you would refresh message boards trying to see like people would post results from the shows or like maybe someone had some pictures that they took on like a really crappy digital camera because 
camera phones weren't that great in like that time period either. So just it's wild that A, that stuff has been preserved, but B, like just thinking about how you can sit at a show and just watch a match on your phone now, like from that time it's, period, no big deal. It's just a, crazy a, to me because I just remember refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Like, <laughs> wow. It's not even been that long ago. This is only like 10 some years. It's like. <laughs> If you if you want me to out wild or out old you there, uh, Kaya, I remember I think I was a senior. Please, please make me feel school. a little bit less old. <laughs> I think I was a senior in high school, and I saw an ad in the Philadelphia Inquirer for a show at uh, Murphy Hall in Philadelphia, and it was one of those early Ring of Honor shows. And it was I didn't really I wasn't clued in enough at the time to know what a big deal it was going to be. Um, but, you know, certainly some of these things that Robert was talking about, these, uh, I don't think Chikara ever aired on that, but but Channel 48 in Philadelphia, which was the original home yeah. of ECW before it, it, you know, became syndicated, um, at that time was airing CZW. And I guess once ROH started it, 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 that as well, it was, it was basically airing whatever local indies had tapes that sent them in um, and maybe not in 2002 where when ring of honor uh, first started, but uh, by a year or two later. And it's amazing that people just More happen bondage. upon these. And yeah. It's, it's like, even I, like, I remember seeing CM Punk and I, I don't, I don't know if he had the misfits trunks back then or something, but like seeing him on local TV back then and like, who is this guy? And then of course now he's he's a big enough deal that there's a, a second TV show being launched on primetime because of him. So it it's it's interesting the different ways we come to these these experiences. And honestly, it, it explains a lot about Robert, your your work ethic and your approach to things that um you know you started with some of these less conventional uh not less conventional, but less less mainstream, less accessible forms of wrestling. And then you used that and had that that store of information. Um, do you think that ever makes it, I don't know, more difficult for you to get some opportunities? Because like, well, listen, my approach to this is very like classic wrestling based and it's not big over the top performances in terms of promos, you know, like, or, or does that not even matter to you because you're just so into this approach? You know, I say, I, I'll say like, Two years ago, all I cared about in pro wrestling was being a good pro wrestler. And now I feel like that approach has kind of changed. It's never really I, – I feel like good professional wrestling will always prevail. I don't care no matter what I do. Um, if, if my work is good, whether it's me in the ring or me doing a promo or me having a different – you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Like presence – um, I feel like good pro wrestling will always prevail. I don't think my approach to things will hinder me. I think it'll actually add to my experience. But now I, I, I feel a kind of a shift in my who I am. You know, Kaya remembers when I was wearing green trunks, and I everybody was calling me Mini Daniel Bryan. You know, Mini Mini Bryan Danielson, and I I wore that like a a, a a you know a badge of honor. And then I realized like there's already a Bryan Danielson. You know, there's already one. So who, who's Robert Martyr? And I think that's what I've been having my own journey through is, is figuring out who Robert Martyr is. And I think I'm getting there. I mean, I don't wear anything of what I wore. Maybe I want to say six months ago. Um, I, I've really done really hard work on, on 
kind of showcasing who I am, especially with, oh, I think Kevin's gone, but especially with, uh, I, I want to say my promos. My promos have been a huge, huge thing in my career. Well, and, you know, trying to find out who Robert Martyr is, that's a journey. That's, it's not a destiny. Just be like, who is Robert Martyr? All right, I'm there. I know. There's this whole learning curve and process that you have to go through to get to that point to find out who you are. Like, and, and in that process, you find out who you're not sometimes too, right? Like I certainly do not wrestle the same way I did when I first started or wear the same gear or even make my entrance in the same way. But as you start to find out who you are and you become more comfortable with it, that's when you really start to thrive. Does it feel like you're starting to kind of figure it out now though? Cause you put all this work into figuring out who Robert Martyr is. I, I think I'm getting there. I think I'm still on a good road and I'm still on, on, I feel like this is the beginning of my journey as far as finding out the totality of who I am. And I feel like these matches are kind of showing me like defining me um, on specifically what Robert Martyr is and what I'm about because you, you know, you can't fake, you can't fake those matches. You either have it or you don't, you know, it's really like a sink or swim moment to be in that position and if you don't perform, I mean, like, you won't be back. So I, I think I'm really, me getting put through the fire is actually really helping me and helping my career and helping, like, people understand what I'm about without even me having to tell them, you know? Totally makes sense, 100%. I agree with everything you just said there. You have to go through these trials and these tribulations to build yourself back up and be stronger at the end of the day. Okay, so it looks like there's no uh, no dark, doomy sky here. I, I'm at home. Hopefully there won't be a power outage. Let me apologize, first of all, to the two of you for not being able to finish up the call with you last time. Thank you both for, for yeah. doing that. It's, I'm sorry. It's, my magic couldn't fix the connection. <laughs> it seems like a different time and a different place, but maybe that's false. So I, I don't know what's happening. It's <laughs> right, yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is a different time in a different place. So, so a few weeks have left since our last conversation. And Robert, we had we had to get you back on because we had to follow up on this because you had this stipulation, and we talked about you know your your this kind of rocky figure. Like, okay, you're you haven't been winning your matches, but eventually, like the pendulum's going to swing the other way. You're going to get that big win, and your luck will start to change. That's not what happened. You had your career on the line with not career, not career everywhere, but your career at Prestige, which is you know one of your home promotions, on the line. And we really thought you were gonna to pull it out, and unfortunately, that's not what happened. What do you do now? Well, the thing was, I was gonna pull it out. I was going to win. I mean, if you watch the match, that's how back together. It was perfect. I had it. I had it. And then somebody who I've idolized for the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years of my professional career, the per the first independent wrestler I ever laid my eyes on hit me in the back of the head and stole everything I've ever worked for. Mm. And that guy's Sammy Callahan. Um, as far as, like, what I'm going to do, I just have to move. I have to move forward. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I've tried to talk you know, to Will. I've tried to speak to whoever I can speak to, but life's hard.
I wish I had something encouraging so that, I could say to you. Yeah. yeah. Kai, well, I, I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes even when things don't turn out the way we anticipated, there's a reason, even if we don't know it. And that put, that brings me to my question for you, which is, uh, where do you go now? Onward and upward, I would assume. But where? What's, what's well, next? At the time of this, uh, as we're recording this, I'm making my Deadlock Pro Wrestling debut this weekend. Um, against their world champion, Lucky Ali. So I'm making my debut against their guy, their top guy, their world champion. You know, so maybe North Carolina wrestling might be the new passage for me. As far as other things, I, I again, I'm as, as lost as you guys are. Um, prestige was something that I really put my all into. It's something, a place I prioritize, but... Now that I'm not there, there's kind of like this gaping hole in my schedule. So it kind of leads me to where I think I might look at, you know, going to the UK, going to Canada, maybe finding something different. Um, I will be on uh, West Coast Pro's LA show. The first time they're coming to SoCal, I will be there. I will be on the show. Um, Manami Toyota is on that show, you know. So that's very, very, very huge, very, very big for me no, it's not the end for Robert Martin. Just because it's the end for me and Prestige doesn't mean it's the end for me. You know, I, I, you can look at my body of work in Prestige Wrestling and you can see all the hard work I've put in, all the great matches that I've had. But maybe now it's time to do that somewhere else. Maybe it's time to do it my way. Maybe it's, maybe it's time not to the, assume this underdog role and wrestle the way I want to wrestle and be the way I want to be. And maybe that's not the nicest. I don't really know, but I know. That wherever I do go, it's going to be special. Well, and that's um, the thing, right? So you've been wrestling at this one place, and you've had a couple of matches, and now that place is no longer an option. So to want to go out there and prove your worth so you can come back maybe later down the line stronger is a certainly a great approach. You know, sometimes people don't see value in things until they're not there. So maybe that'll be the case, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it, it 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 pains me to say this, but maybe it's the change that I needed. Maybe I was so guilted and trapped by me not being able to win and me not being able to feel like I was myself. Maybe I needed this break. Maybe I needed to be stabbed in the back by my hero. Maybe I, this is what I need. And again, I'm still in that process, but I know this weekend... It's a whole new scenery for me. I've never been in DPW. I've never been in that environment. I've never wrestled Lucky Ali. We've met each other a lot of times. I know Lucky Ali very, very well, more than he would like to admit. And, you know, I I see the things that he was versus the things that he is now. And I think those insecurities I can play on. So who knows? Maybe I might. It's a non-title match. You know, he's still going to sure. keep the title at the end of the way. But if I beat him, yeah, it's got to put you in line if that happens. I mean, you're you're a talented wrestler. You're young. It's not to undersell what happened to you because I, you know, I think it really stings with it being this promotion that you would put so much of yourself into. You know, on an emotional level, it's rough. But like, let's be real about this. A lot of people have lost loser leaves town matches over the years, and that's what this amounts to because your career still goes on. Your prestige career is gone you know, done for now, but I mean, in wrestling, never say never, but there is something that I think 
we need to kind of go back on here. Um, and you mentioned Sammy Callahan, someone you looked up to. You're not just going to let him get away with this, are you? Because I think that's something that has to be reckoned with. Thing is, is that Sammy thinks he can get away with it. Sammy thinks that I'm a small enough ant that he could do what he did and everything go back to normal. That's not the case. You know, I, I have friends. Okay, I have people that are in high places. Not to say I'm flexing that, but Alex Shelley is the, still the remix champion. I went to Revolver. I wrestled Alan Angels on the behalf of Alex Shelley and Prestige. Who's to say I can't make another phone call? Who's to say I can't get that sorted out? You know, honestly, Revolver is a place I've always wanted to be, but I didn't understand. I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be this dynamic. I didn't think I was going to have this silent rivalry with somebody who thinks that I'm less than. But it's almost as if. Sammy Callahan is the embodiment of every person that's ever told me no. The embodiment of every single person who has told me that I shouldn't be doing this and that I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting my money and I'm wasting my years, my health, my mental health. And I think the thing that stings the most is the fact that I truly, and I've said this about a lot of people, but Sammy Callahan truly for me was that guy that got me into professional wrestling on an independent level there was nobody that captivated me more there was nobody that i felt that i was like wow this guy's special and for him even if he doesn't know that for him to just do what he did to me i will never forgive him ever if this whole thing blows over i i go my separate ways and i get maybe i get my prestige career back i will always hold that grudge against him no matter what so yeah, I'm a hundred percent. I'm going after Sammy Callahan, whether he knows it or not. The Revolver would be a great place to do it. It's home base. Absolutely. Well, honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Is there anything else? I think you you did plugs when I was uh, you know weathering that rainstorm. But if there's anything else you want to talk about, anything else that you have coming up. Well, really, right now, all I have is DPW and all I have is West Coast, but there's a lot in the works. There's a lot coming out. I have something that I'm going to be posting in the next few days um, regarding my, the future of my bookings, the future of what's coming next for me, and the future of where I'm going to go next. Because honestly, for me, this is just a journey to nowhere. I'm a nomad now. I'm a desperado now. I'm a... I'm a guy that doesn't really have a home and I'm kind of content with that at this point. And it's interesting because now I get to figure out what's the next place for me. And I think that journey in itself is a good thing. So definitely catch me at DPW this weekend. Um, it'll be that specific segment of the show will be posted onto YouTube. So it'll be for free for anybody to watch. Um, and West Coast Pro LA. I don't know what I'm doing on that show. I don't know what's happening on that show. I have um, We Are Wrestling on September 8th as well. I'm wrestling a dude. Um, and uh, <laughs> I have, I'm, I'm so scatterbrained right now. I won't lie. It's, it's, it just gets to me that like every day I have to wake up and live with the fact that I was screwed. You know, I never yeah. really got, 
I never really got Bret Hart's whole thing about him being screwed. It was like, okay, yeah, and then just go to another company. But when I am put in this position, I realized that all my sacrifices led to nothing. And I think that's the hardest part for me to accept. But if you want to see the next the next thing for me, wait the next few couple days on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. Um, it's going to be big. I promise you that. So thank you for joining us, Robert. Kaya, I think you should you should take this home here because I mean you've you've dealt with a lot of setbacks yourself, and I think as an, another wrestler, you might have some words of advice or encouragement for our guest here. I mean, honestly, you can't be at Prestige. That definitely sucks. But if you had to be anywhere else, BPW and West Coast Pro are excellent promotions that book very stacked cards with very prestigious talent. So I think that you're on a pretty good trajectory. And it might take time to heal until you can see that. But I'm really excited to see where this next chapter goes for you. Thank you, Kyle. You're welcome.